Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We've been going through part of our vision, and our vision is to be connected to God, to the body, to a ministry, and to the world. We've been focusing in on being connected to the world, and we are in our fourth message on that. Uh, we're in probably the ninth one of this, this 2013 year, which we've been blessed to have an opportunity to uh, hear messages as I have on possessing our possessions, because I want to possess the possessions that God has given me. And I, want, I know you want to possess the possession that God's given you. We have an inheritance, and it's for now as well as for later, and so I want to receive both. I don't want, I want, don't want anything left out. And so we've been talking on uh, really those possessions that God would have for us because we know that all things are ours. We know that, uh, but out of all, all those things, what did God want us to do? So we have 12 things. We talked about some of those things already. Uh, one thing we talked about is Deuteronomy 28, uh, those blessings that's found in verses 3 through uh, 14. We talked about uh, John uh, 15, 7. We talked about that when we were talking about being able to go before God and receive uh, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our relatives, for our family, uh, for our children, for our mate, uh, whatever we had, they had need of, going to them because we know that we, when we ask, we receive of him uh, because we uh, according to that particular scripture, uh, we abide in him and his words abide in us. We also talked about uh, the master key to obedience, uh, which is uh, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. We talked about that. Uh, we talked about how to receive that in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. We talked about that. Uh, and going to him asking, keep asking, keep uh, seeking, keep knocking. We talked about that. We talked about so many things. We talked about walking in power, walking in the God's authority. We talked on those things also. We talked on a lot of things. Uh, all of them go together. They really do. We talked about love. We talked about really uh, having God's compassion for the lost and unchurched. We talked about that. Um, last week we talked about uh, being a bountiful giver. This week we want to add another one to that. We have three more, this one today, and then two more, which I'll do after Easter. Uh, this one today is walking in faith, or walking by faith and being faithful. That's the title of the message today, walking by faith and, of course, being faithful. So let's open our Bibles. Let's start there because I love the Word of God. Don't you love the Word of God? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse Five. We'll start there. The, the whole surrounding, uh, Paul is talking, and he says, Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge, therefore being always of good courage and knowing uh, that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, 
and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we are also, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to the Lord. Now, within the context of uh, him saying that, um, you know, whether I die, whether I'm here now, it doesn't matter because uh, really my ambition is to please the Lord. Uh, I don't, I walk by faith, not by sight. I don't see uh, my heavenly home yet. I don't, I haven't seen, uh, you know, God and all the things that's the bliss that's going to take place. I haven't seen that yet, but I know it exists. I walk by faith and not by sight. Now, within that context, we want to use this verse because I don't care whether it's this verse in this context. I don't care whether we go in the Old Testament. I don't care whether we use uh, a lot of stories in the Old Testament, whether it be David and Goliath. I don't care what it is from Genesis to Revelation. We know that we need to live by faith, don't we? Whether it's Habakkuk, whether I don't care what, what verse we use. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I don't care what verse we use. We have to walk by faith. This is very important, very important. I don't see how we can do anything without faith. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us we can't do anything about faith because faith is really trusting in God. Trusting in God. I don't have faith in faith. I have faith in God. That's how I have faith in. Is that correct? You have faith in God. It's because of God. It's because of him that we have faith. It's who he is. What he's done. That's why we can have faith. He died for us. He rose again. He's proven that who he is, he is. Is that correct? Who he said he was, he's, he is. Right? Anything he says is true. Anything he says is going to happen. That's the God we have faith in. He's already proven it. So therefore, it's not up for uh, discussion whether he's uh, supreme, whether he's sovereign. It's not up for grabs. He is. And I, I thank God for it. We were talking about it today is that God can turn a heart any way he wants to turn it. Anybody heart he wants to turn. Just like the rivers of water. Just like we, we see uh, uh, rivers, they, they go all sorts of ways. He can turn the heart of a man just like that. I don't care if this man say he's sovereign. It doesn't matter. Because back in those days, in the king days, they, they, they called them sovereigns. Uh, they, they do what they want to, with whom they want to. If they say you die, you die. But God overrules everything. Doesn't he? He takes a man like Cyrus, a, a heathen king, and says, this is what you're going to do. And he recognizes Yahweh. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? Yes. And he's powerful. In Hebrews chapter 1, it will really uh, look there. It, 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 uh, it's, I'm going to just read you a couple of verses out of uh, chapter 10, 37. You don't, don't turn to it. Uh, for yet, in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous 
one shall live by faith, which is taken from Habakkuk 2, 4. And if he shrinks back, my soul is not pleased, I have pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now faith is. So that's how it starts off. Now faith is. So it's talking about faith in chapter 10. It starts right unto 11. Now faith is. The substance, the King James will say, we're looking at it in a New American Standard, the substance of those things hoped for, the evidence of those things not seen. So we say substance is the hypostasis. The substance is, a, is that which undergirds the reality. That's what it does. If, if, we take a, if we take a thing like this thing here, this stand, it, it becomes, it, it's only a stand if, it, if it's doing the job that a stand is supposed to do. Is that correct? You take those three legs off, those three feet, those three legs off, it will no longer be a stand, will it? It might be a lean-to, but it won't be a stand. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's going to undergird that faith is something that we, we look at it in the spiritual realm, but it's actually reality. It's reality. Trust in God, belief in God, what God says is actually real. It's real. And see, when, when he says it's the, it's the hypostasis, it's the, what undergirds the reality, the apparent, when it says that uh, of things hoped for, things we desire, it's the conviction or the evidence of those things not seen, it's the truth, it's the proof of those things not seen, it's the title deed, because as long as you have the title deed, you have proof that it's yours. That's what faith is. He said that's how important faith is. Trust in God is. That's how important it is. You can't do anything without faith. Matter of fact, it says in chapter 6 of that, of uh, Hebrews 11, it says that, and without faith, it is impossible. It's without a possibility. No possibility of us pleasing God. And we know that Jesus said that, I always do the things that please my Father. We also saw in Colossians, you remember in Colossians one time, Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 10, it, it says that we needed to uh, what worthy of the Lord, pleasing, to be pleasing in every form, completely. We need to please him. We, we read it in, in, first, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you remember? We read that, uh, that, that, that he says that my, my um, ambition is to be pleasing, whether in the body or absent upon the body, is to be pleasing to the Lord. Why do we want to please the Lord? He died for our soul. We, we, uh, we get to live forever in the kingdom of heaven, in the presence of the king of kings, because of what he's done for us. Our undeserving people, no one deserves it. No one, no one is born of man deserves to be in him. But because of his grace, because of his goodness, he allows us to do that. Because of his love for us. Why wouldn't we want to please him? Who else do we want to please? No one else can do that for us, can they? No one. Faith is important. In verse 
it just, I just get excited sometimes when I'm reading about, uh, let's do, go to verse 8 uh, of that same chapter. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance and went out not knowing where he was going. He said that's by faith. In other words, by just trusting what the Lord said, he went out. That's all. By faith, he went out. It wasn't because he said, I'm tired of living in the same old city, the same old thing, uh, uh, Erda Cadenes. I'm, I'm tired of this. I think I want to take a trip. No, it wasn't like that. By faith. It says, by faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as in a foreign land dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. Just as a side note uh, here, uh, when it says that with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs, that's the same one we started with this whole series, this 2013, Possession Your Possession, where I said all things are all things are ours because we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We are fellow heirs, in other words, with Christ Jesus. Same word. Do you? We nobody questions that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob—they're the fathers of the faith. We know that that what God said to Abraham, He said to who? Isaac. What He said to Isaac, He said to Jacob. Matter of fact, He changed Jacob's name to Israel. So we know that He's talking about all Israel in the Old Testament. So we know they are. Heirs together, weren't it? How much more should we believe what God said about us then? We are heirs together with Christ Jesus. All things are ours. But anyway, that was a side note. And it says here that for he was looking for the city which has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. In other words, I'm not looking for here. I'm looking for there. That's what we need to be saying. By faith, we're here in Lynchburg, but we're just aliens here. We're here in the United States. We're just aliens here. We're here in this particular world. This now, this is going to be a, a new heaven, new earth. But we're here now. We're just sojourning here, but our home really is in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, the word says. So, we're looking for a city that's not here. That's what we're looking for. So, why would we get entangled with the affairs of life of this world? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. It says, in verse 11, by faith, see, we're talking about faith today, walking by faith. By faith, we're looking at how other people got if God says by faith, it is by faith, isn't it? Amen. By faith, even Sarah, and I know you all think that Sarah wasn't a, 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 a woman of faith, but by faith, God said she was, didn't, it? didn't you? He said she was. By faith, even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful who had promised. She didn't have the ability to conceive. 
But she received that ability to, to conceive by faith. By faith. And she was about 90. By faith. By faith. Abraham was about 100. By faith. Because they didn't have any children. They tried all their, all, their, all their married life. They tried to have children. Couldn't have children. Couldn't have children. Sarah knew her woman was dead because Abraham did have one, one with someone else, Hagar, but he didn't have one to her. So therefore, it was by, it was, oh my goodness gracious, it was, it was interesting. Woo, it was interesting. Oh my goodness. You know? By faith. By faith. God wants us to walk by faith, doesn't he? Let's walk by faith. Romans. Chapter 4, verse 13, I think it is. Let's read a little bit more here. It says that for, verse 13, for the promise to Abraham, all his descendants, that he would be heir of the world, was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is no violation. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise would be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations I have made you, in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead, Oh, listen to this. And calls into being that which does not exist. Oh, God calls into being those things that doesn't even exist. He is powerful. Verse 18. In hope, against hope, he believed. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Meaning in hope, I trust God, I believe God, even against hope, because natural hope will tell me it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with Sarah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with me, even without Sarah. Now, because I'm about 100. He says that, oh, uh, in hope against hope. Sometimes we have to Hope even against circumstances. Most of the time, not a fact. Yeah. It says at verse 19, Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now, sometimes we have to do the same thing. We can't become weak because we look at the circumstances. Because we see the circumstances. We can't become weak. Just because we look at the checkbook. We can't become weak. <laughs> There's nothing weak in your knees, isn't it? You know, sometimes. But he said, hey, with, no, no. Hey, without becoming weak in faith, he com- contemplated his own body now as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old. That's dead, isn't it? To what? <laughs> to having children, isn't it? To having children. It's dead. It's dead. Forget it. Forget it. Okay. 
Won't happen. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, well, well, let's go back. I forgot about Sarah. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't become weak in faith when he contemplated those two things. Together, he said, I'm not going to get weak in faith. I'm going to still believe God. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully assured that what God has promised, he was able to perform. Do you think what God has promised you, he's able to perform? What has he promised you? He's got a, got a whole six, six books, right? Right? All things are yours. We've got to realize that now. He's able to perform that. Sometimes what we do, we try to figure it out. You can't figure it out. You cannot figure it out. You hear me? You can't figure it out. Because the minute that you do figure it out, he'll do it another way then. You're not going to be able to figure it out, I'm telling you. He wants you sick in him the whole time. That's what he wants. Therefore, it was also credit to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it's credited him, him, him righteousness, but for our sakes also, for whom it is credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Oh, God is good. I'm telling you, God is good. We got to have faith. We got to have faith. Now, not only do we have to have faith, we have to realize that if you do have faith, if you say you have faith, you're going to have to walk it out. Okay? We're not talking about uh, just... Uh, hey, I got faith for this. I got faith for this. I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of faith. You can say all you want to, but it really does not matter if you do nothing to back it up. Okay? James chapter 2, verse 14. Let's look over there. He says, What use is it, brethren? If someone says he has faith, but he has no works. I mean, he has nothing to back it up. Nothing happens. He's just full of talk. Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister in, is without clothing and in need of daily food, this is an example he's given, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body? What use is it? It's of no use, is it? To say, go be warm and be filled. If they have need, you gave them nothing. You're not doing anything but just talk. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. Faith must have works, people. It must have works. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I'll show you my faith by my works. In other words, I'm going to be doing the work of faith rather than just talking what I have. My works will back it up. 
You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe in each other. In other words, anybody can say they believe in God. Anybody can say they believe in God. Devils can say, demons can say they believe in God. It means nothing. Unless you're actually accepting and believing in God. And believing that uh, he is the one that's only truly one. The king of kings, the lord of lords, the great I am, the sovereign. I bow down to him and only him. Uh, the demon's not going to bow down. No, 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 no. They know who he is. They know who Jesus is. They know who Paul was. But they're not going to bow down. But you are willing to recognize, but are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? God just told him, hey, go. Go over there and I want you to make an offer. Take your son, take some wood. And uh, I want you to offer, offer up Isaac, your only son, the one of promise. Offer him up to me. And Abraham was going to do it. He says, you see that faith was working with his works and was a result of the works. Faith was perfected. Because he was going to offer him up. He had the knife up. He was ready to bring it down. And, and he said, no, 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 don't do this thing. Don't do it. Put the knife down. There is a sacrifice over in the bushes. But he was going to do it. He had works to back it up. He had faith that God would raise him up. If he, if he offered his son up, God would raise him up. Because God already said, your heir is coming. All your descendants are coming through Isaac. You see, a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. He had to have two. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. We have to walk the talk, don't we? We have to walk the talk. God does, doesn't he? God does. He really does. And that's what he wants us to do. God is a faithful God, isn't he? Doesn't matter where we go to, he's faithful. I and mean, we can go anywhere in the Bible. We can go to Deuteronomy 7, chapter 1. He, he is a God. He's a faithful God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, though. We won't go to Deuteronomy. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, chapter 10. God is so faithful. And this will give you encouragement today. Uh, if you're going through anything, or if you know somebody might be going through anything, uh, in verse 13 of chapter 10, it says that no temptation, no temptation, none, zilch, no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is what? Faithful. He's faithful. He's dependable. You can count on him. You see? Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Do you believe that? Yes. Is, is God talking now? Is God talking here? But with the temptation, with the temptation, okay, you're still going to have it now. With the temptation, we'll provide 
a way to escape also so that you might be able to endure it. Endure it. Somebody says, well, take the temptation away. Then I don't have to be concerned about it. I don't have to endure anything. No, you have to have perseverance. He didn't call the temptation, but he is going to work with you through it and not going to allow you to be tempted above what you are able, and he will bring you out. He'll show you the way of escape. And so I pray, uh, when we pray in the morning, Minerva and I pray, we pray that God, we pray the scripture right here. And I say, when I finish praying the scripture, I say, God, let me see the way of escape and let me take the way of escape. I want to not only see it, I want to take it. See? Because uh, I know that we fall into diverse or, or various trials or temptations, but I know that the purpose of that is to try my faith, try my trust, try my belief in God. And so what I want to do is, God, I know you got a way of escape. Show me the door so I can get out of here. You know, I don't want to, I want to be in this thing. Show me. I don't any longer than I need to be. Show it to me, Lord. I want to see it. I want to take it. God is good, isn't he? Amen. He is good, I'm telling you. He is good all the time. Let's go to one more. Uh, let's go to Mark. Because one thing I found, and I know you found it too, that your faith walk is going to be continuous all the time. You have to go from faith to faith. You cannot walk by faith sometimes and not walk by faith sometimes. You're going to have to walk by trusting God, believing God all the time. I, I tell you all the time because every time that you get through one thing, it's going to be something else that you're going to have to have faith for. I'm telling you. As a matter of fact, you're going to probably have to have faith for something, a multitude of things, all at the same time. And then when one solves itself, God solves that, really, then what happens is that here's another one pop up, screaming at you. You have victory in this area, here's another one. Satan does not get tired of trying to hold up your blessings. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get tired of that. So I found that, okay, in any situation, I'm going to have to walk by faith. I know, I know one thing about this situation, or that situation, or anything it is about any situation, this too shall pass. It's, it's going to come to an end. At some time, it's going to come to an end. Believe me, it is going to come to an end. You say, well, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to come to an end. Because you'll die if it doesn't, right? <laughs> and then that's the end of it, isn't it? You have a new body, won't you? It came to an end, okay? But, but see, all during the time, in between that time, everything that you go through, you can look back five years from now, and there's some things that you're going through that you, you're thinking, why was I concerned about that thing? Because it ended up, it worked out okay. Yeah. You see? It's going to come to an end. It's one thing. Also, what happened is Satan going to be put in circumstances that you're going, you're going to see it, and you're going to say, there's no way. 
I, don't see, I just don't see it. I don't see how I'm going to get out of this thing. I don't see how this thing, how God going to do this thing. It's going to be circumstances that's going to be against your faith, your trust, what God says, in other words. Just like Abraham, he had circumstances that was against what he thought, right? Even when he had, uh, uh, when Sarah gave him her, her maid, uh, the Egyptian, what was her name? He was still old, wasn't he? But he had a child, didn't he? But that wasn't a child of promise. So now, oh, okay, I messed up. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, I have to do this thing again. But God, how's this thing going to work? Sarah, this time next year, you're going to have a child. She laughs. And I said, why did why, why Sarah laugh? I didn't laugh. Yes, you did laugh. You laughed. You know, stop lying. You laughed. You know, because uh, she figured it. How's this thing going to happen? There's going to be always something that's going to come against what God has already said is going to happen. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. And so what you have to realize is that you're going to have to persevere through those circumstances. You're going to have to start looking at those circumstances and, and, and allowing them to weaken your faith. We can be like, uh, we can be like the man of God. Uh, I see my circumstances. I see that uh, it looks like there's no hope. But I'm going to have hope against hope. And I'm going to not be weak in faith. I'm going to trust God even though. Even though. I tell you, if we do that, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to come through everything. We're going to pass our tests because we're going to keep getting tests, faith tests, every single, every single day, every single week, every single month, every single year until we die because the just shall live by faith, the word says. In, in Mark 4, you should be there by now. I'm not. But um, it says in Mark 4, verse 35, it is a great account, and it's very interesting. It says, on that day, when evening came, he said to them, oh, who said to them? Okay, it's in red in my Bible, so Jesus is talking, okay? So it says, he said to them. Now, that, that's a key. He said to them. What does he say to you? He said to them, let us go over to the other side. He didn't say, I'm going over to the other side. Y'all can come with me. I don't know whether y'all going to make it or not, but I'm going to the other side. He didn't say that, did he? If he said that, they would have reason to start being fearful. But he said, let's, let us go over to the other side. He didn't say, let us go out to the middle of the lake and then see what the Father's going to do to us. He didn't say that. He said, let us go to the other side, right? Let's go to the other side. Okay, now, <clears throat> that's what God says. God has told you something, too. Now, remember I said that this too shall pass. It's going to come, it's, it's going to pass by. So, uh, later on, this is going to be over with, with the disciples. But, but still, something's going to happen that's going to come against what he has said. Is that correct? Something's going to come against what God has said in your life. Some promise, something God, you know it's true, the word says it, and God doesn't lie, but it's going to be something contrary to it, and, and it's, 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 it's there to make sure that you fail because you're going to get into doubt if you allow your circumstances to overtake you. Because it's already told you uh, in James chapter 1 that these things are going to come unto, uh, upon you to try your faith, but it says, 
Let perseverance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect in time, one or nothing. He says that if you like wisdom, let him ask God, and he gives it, he gives to those who ask him liberally. Upright if not, he doesn't find fault, he'll give it to you. He said, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Don't be like a wave of the sea, tossed to and fro. Don't let that man think he's going to have, get anything. So what Satan tries to do is get you to start what? And get me to start waving and start doubting. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what he's going to do. Right? I don't care what the situation is. You can name it. All of us have situations. But that's what he wants to do. Give us doubt. But look what's happened here. He says that. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And there rose a fierce gale of wind. I wonder who caused that. And the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Now that's bad news, isn't it? Boat fills up, boat doesn't float, does it? (laughs) Boat sinks. (laughs) Now that's a circumstance, isn't it? I wonder what would we have done if we hadn't read it. And since we read it, we know what we've done. Peace be still, right? Men of faith, women of faith. Wouldn't we have said that? No, we was ah, wouldn't we? Come on. <laughs> we, we've been crazy. I mean, hey, there's no way in the world we'd be in a boat out in the middle of, man, the wind blowing up. We'd be crying out. Jesus himself was in the stern asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to them, said to the sea, hush. Be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? Obviously, obviously they had a test before. But they failed. They failed this one. Do you still have no faith? In other words, now you're going to get another test. Uh-uh. Aren't they going to get another test? Yeah, they're going to get another test. They're going to keep getting tests, aren't they? We're going to keep giving tests. We don't want him saying, are you, do you still not have any faith, Willie Taylor? After all that I've been showing you, after all that I've done, do you still have no faith? Didn't I bring you through this? Didn't I bring you through this? We can name all the things God brought us through, can't we? And here's this little circumstance coming up, this little Philistine, this little, uh, 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 I don't care how big he appears to be. He can be big. He can be nine feet. I don't care how he can have on all his armor. He can have his armor bearer. I don't care what he has. He can be talking a big game. It doesn't matter what he has. He goes the same way that a gnat goes. <laughs> same way the candle flies when you cut the side light on. It's, you know, warm yesterday, candle flies coming there. They were, I know what they want to do. They want to eat my soup. That's what they want to do. <laughs> See, they want to get in the house, don't they? They want to get in the house. They want to get in the closet, eat my soup, so I can't wear it no more. But see, um, uh, uh, whenever I fan them around, I said, I'm going back out here. I'm going to kill them. I killed them. I killed them. Because, see, they had a little bit of candle fly. I killed them, see, because they want to they take my clothes. They can't take my clothes. God wants you to succeed. He doesn't want the enemy to take the stuff that he's giving you. You got to wipe Satan out just like you wipe a candle fly out. You just got to do it. Got to do it. 
Oh, man. Oh, I love this. Um, let me have uh, Dave. Come up here. Dave is a um, young man. That, uh, he was just up here before. And Dave has a good report. Dave, tell us a little something about some of the situation that happened to you. You know, Dave is... Uh, Dave, who are you? <laughs> Dave is going to tell you the situation. We talked about it already. And uh, he's going to tell you about the situation that, that was happening. Um, I'm, I'm going to interview a little bit to save time, okay? Because you're going to tell your history of you and Joe Bell when you grew up. I don't want you to tell that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just, just tell them uh, you're here in Lynchburg for what? Uh, Joe Beth and I moved here to Lynchburg to join up with the Family Medicine Residency Program here at uh, Lynchburg General, or Central Health. And, and it took uh, you a long time to pass the test. It took me a long time to pass the test, so I'd been out of the loop for a couple years. Um, finally passed it. Yay! Now, and then, <laughs> that, that's not the recent news, yeah. though. That, that was, but but was, then, what happened was that they had a new director, and he brought in all these people. Why did he bring in all these people? Okay, the new young director... Um, out to out to prove himself, you know, make a name for himself. So, uh, f- for six spots, um, they had sixty applicants this year, and only six uh, get chosen. And if you want to look at the worldly perspective, um, let's see, sixty for six, and I've been out of the loop. And I came, I graduated from what would be considered a foreign medical school down in the Caribbean. So I wouldn't look the best. On paper, why not? What uh, is it about him that calls you not to look good? Um, well, he wants uh, people that ideally that would have had no snags or no troubles with any exams, very high scores from U- U.S. schools, because he wants uh, it's he would be under obligation almost to choose those that would, uh, in his mind, um, not necessarily be the best doctors. Uh, taking care of people, but would be smooth sailing for his program. That's that's almost what he's obligated to do. And uh, so now, how did it look like? Now, so that's what it looked like in a natural. Mm-hmm. But you had to apply because your wife's already in the program. Otherwise, you had to leave yep. Lynchburg to go somewhere to do something, right? Yep. So Joe Beth was already in, and I sent my application out. And Lynchburg was actually the only um, interview that I got. I put down other possibilities for me to match up but so this was my plan A and uh, there wasn't quite a plan B like most <laughs> other applicants have so this really um, really kind of needed to happen and um, I can tell you that uh, I know some of you have been praying for it and thank you for your prayers and I'll tell you that uh, God is good he's sovereign he can do what he wants and come July, I'm going to be starting uh, for three years training to be a family medicine physician. In Lynchburg. In Lynchburg. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, God. It took faith for him to stand for that, too. I mean, he had to stand in the midst of his situations. And also, sometimes you have a situation where, uh, even in the physical realm, uh, you're going to have to fight for what God has said. What's yours? You're not going to just walk through the tulips and think that Satan's going to let you receive your blessings. There's no way because he wants to, uh, he, he wants to uh, make sure that God's name uh, is not glorified by you. So if he tells you to do something, 
He's going to try to make sure, God tells you to do it, Satan's going to try to make sure it doesn't happen. So you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight. Minerva has a, a testimony of, of uh, once, um, I was already here, um, uh, at the, at the, come on up, buddy. I was already here, because I have to be here at 9 o'clock for the, for the next class, and uh, later on she told me about what had happened. So would you tell the congregation what happened? I can tell you that Okay. <laughs> Well, um, I have to kind of lead up to it. Um, I really believe in being faithful to come to church. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I feel like that's, you know, the, because that's scripture. God says don't forsake the assembly yourselves together. So, um, so that's, uh, I really have a heart to always be at church when I, you know. And, um, but anyway, back in February... I started getting these symptoms, uh, and I actually had the symptoms of a flu. And uh, I think it started maybe on that Thursday and, or either Friday, and I just, you know, started trying to take some things to, to, to stand against it. And, cause, um, and then uh, by Saturday, I had gotten worse and worse and worse. And, my, and so Saturday night, and I'm really getting concerned because I wanted to go to church Sunday, and uh, so, um, you know, I was praying and everything. And um, then, the, so the whole night, I was just aching. The whole body was just, I, you know, it was, my whole system was just aching. And I couldn't even sleep. I didn't sleep the whole night because I was so, in so much pain. You have to bear with me because he just asked me to give this testimony. So. But anyway, um, about 4 o'clock that Sunday morning, I just stood up, sat up in the, in the uh, bed, and I said to the devil, we're going to see if the word of God is still is on the throne. Because I really believe that God's word is, is forever established, and that his word is true, and that we have to fight. We really do have to fight. So I sat up in the bed. And I said to Satan, what I just told you, we're going to see if the word is on the throne. And I started confessing the word, and I, my body was just aching. I did, you know, I was really thinking, if I can do this, because I, I was just hurting. I just started confessing the word, confessing the word, confessing the word. And after I got through confessing, I started praying in the Holy Ghost. I just prayed in the Spirit, prayed in the Spirit. By the time I got through, every symptom had left my body. And I jumped up out of the bed, went and took a shower, and came to church. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Now, I know, see, I'd already gone at that time and gotten, gotten here to church. So I didn't know what she was going through, and she told me later on. Uh, so I know that you're going to have to fight. I know that for what you believe that God has said. And so, because Satan, he'll try to put symptoms on you, he'll try to do, he'll try to do whatever he can. Whatever you'll fall for, that's what he'll do. You see? But you can't fall for anything except what God has said. That's what you're going to stand on, steadfast in the word of God. And you just fight, and you watch him, what he'll do. He, he, he has to give up. Get Satan already, God already told you, resist him, and he will flee. Okay? Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. 
You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.